Good evening, everybody. Hope you all got a warm drink with you as we're back with another edition of Social Convos. It's Tuesday, 9 p.m., so you know where we're at. And as you may have noticed in the announcement post, we didn't post any guests today because, frankly, it's just the two of us tonight with you guys. And we'll be looking back at the past two months. I can't believe it's already been two months, Sean Look. Uh, yes. How the show has been going, and basically, it's a good point for reflection. Kind of like uh, a season uh, wrap up, and just to explore on what's next. So, Sean, look, uh, welcome back to. Yeah, I, yeah. I I want to give a quick tangent. So it's funny that we started off the show with me on spotlight, and we didn't realize that I was on spotlight until the show went live. But I do want to give you a compliment because I don't think people know like what the behind the scenes of the show is like and what we're dealing with and like all the but one thing is this show always starts right on time. Like I'm I'm doing different podcasts and this is like the legit the only show that like as soon as the clock just hits nine o'clock, the show goes live. And I do wanna give you credits for that. Not only that, but also the preparation that goes into the show. And for those of you who are watching who have no idea, um, for me it's fun because Diego has like a complete notebook, a complete digital notebook of a run through through the show of the guest, the background stories on the guests. Everything is completely written down. The scheduling, everything we're scheduling weeks into advance, some cases months into advance, and. Uh, he actually had to jump out of a session on podcasting just to join the show for today. So my compliments, man. I mean, it's really a pleasure uh, being part of this, deciding to like, I have to do something at night during the lockdown hours and all of a sudden to this really getting slowly getting more professional uh, podcast. So shout out to you, Diego. Thank you for being the accountability counterpart. And yeah, um, it's funny that you mentioned it. I was actually in another session on, you know, kind of meta now, podcasting on podcasting. And the funny thing here is the guests we had on there and the topic we are talking about hit really home on how we got started. Because okay. they, they started... Uh, one of the topics was how to get co-hosts in and, you know, how do you deal with a co-host? How do you spread the workload? So it was really oh. hitting the notes you just described. And one of the things was, one of the tips was, you know, try to interview a few people, see how it goes. Uh, and if you want him as the co-host. And last year, we actually had you on as a guest at Casual Convos. Uh, so, so I got roped into this. I got roped into this without knowing. <laughs> Unintentionally, intentionally, kind of, but it, it, it worked out in the end. Uh, and yeah, I got to yeah. say, it is a pleasure um, doing this with a co-host. It's, it takes grit doing it alone, but being able to share this uh, experience and having someone to bounce off with, uh, elaborate on ideas, and just to keep you accountable and grow faster. I think that's a real pleasure. So happy to have you on as well. But uh, we have Rowan in the viewer yeah. section now. Hi, Rowan. Thanks for joining so, uh, us. 
So for everybody today who wants to join in, I'm just quickly going to pop it up as well. She's looking in from YouTube. Uh, so today is a free show in the sense that you can ask any question you want. It is not going to be an ask me anything, an AMA or something like that. But if you're watching, you want to ask a question about the show, about how we got started, about how things are going behind the scenes, feel free to drop in. It can be something about life or about business or social media as well, of course. But uh, we'll, we'll leave some room and uh, try to answer as many questions as come in, uh, into the, in the question section or in the comment section. And for the rest, we do have like a, a general buildup of our show. We will talk about uh, the things that we enjoyed most uh, for the past couple of months and also some quick fire questions uh, and hopefully some cool discussions on NFT, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for those of you wondering, stay tuned uh, because it's something really strange going on. Well, not strange, but really shifting the internet right now, especially in the last week. But let's start off with... Uh, how the past two months have been. We started in the first week of January with our pilot session. And before you knew it, we had January booked um, with some local guests. But what yeah. surprised me most is the traction we had that by the end of January, January, we had a lineup of some international friends ready for February. So that was really something I didn't expect to go that way. But it's a good thing for me, at least, uh, having experienced that. How about yourself? Yeah, for me, it was more, I think the international guests were kind of, I was looking for a podcast already where we can do such a thing. See, the, the, the difficult thing is is uh, doing podcasts in Dutch or in English. It's a very hard decision. Uh, I, I saw um, actually some uh, a friend of mine, Kevin Hadley. I saw him post about a similar kind of podcast that he's going to do, and that's going to be in Dutch. So it's it's kind of similar to social confluence if you translate it in I Dutch. actually saw the pilot uh, today. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's really cool because we decided we wanted to go in English and I think there's definitely a market for doing the similar podcast to this in, in Dutch as well. So it's really interesting that when it comes to language, you have to make a decision. I made the decision like five years ago to to try to do more in English. I don't mind doing things in English. Uh, I graduated my master's year at, uni at a university I did in English as well. So for me, it's kind of a way to to keep my English on on a, on a acceptable level, and uh, but also looking towards an international audience, uh, which does. I, I mean, we should be thankful that most Vietnamese people understand English quite well. But you do miss a couple of people who are like, yeah, but why is the show in English? Why don't you just talk Dutch? And then, of course, for our guests, it's great that we do it in English. Otherwise, Ruan wouldn't be able to join us. Jay wouldn't be able to join us. So there are some benefits to it as, as well that we've decided to put in the show in, uh, in, in, in English. I definitely agree on that. And for those of you who don't know, um, the Convo series or the podcast as a whole, starting with casual convos, we actually started in Dutch, but we quickly decided to move to English because, yeah, as uh, Chanluk just mentioned, it's kind of uh, a, dis a decision that you have to make deliberately. And I at least uh, decided to make the switch when, um, how do you call it? When I got some feedback from, this was back when I was in New Zealand from uh, some locals there, some friends there. 
who saw the names and the headings of the th- of the podcast in English and started listening. And after the first sentence, we started talking in Dutch, and they were like, "Wait, what's going on?" What? I was interested in this topic. Yeah. So uh, after two or three episodes with that kind of feedback, we decided, okay, um, we're having some guests on, and uh, we're locals from Suriname, and we asked if uh, we're comfortable talking English. Actually, the episode we did with you was the first one we did in English. That's true. Yeah. Um, because we were targeting Hive with that and we decided to do the um, English from then on and that kind of stuck and since then we've been doing English and coming back home here um, keeping that international audience in mind and just the penetration and reach especially now where we can do things remotely access to an international pool of guests but also audience is easier than ever and yeah English is mostly dominated, and I definitely agree there is definitely a market for Dutch based on statistics that I've seen. There's definitely a market for Spanish. I believe that Latin America has a lot of potential right now if you're speaking Spanish. So just a quick tad on that. Um, so yeah, you, you got to make the decision early on. I think uh, the case with Kevin, uh, he's, he's there there mainly focusing locally. So I can respect that um, that decision as well. And you'll reach a broader local audience. But then again, we decided, we had a session this weekend as well of identifying who is our actual audience. So yeah, all these things come into play when you decide on how you're going to format the show. Yeah, I think it's interesting. We've, we've mentioned Kevin a couple of times now. I think one of the coolest things about... Uh, what he did, well, it's not his, but he he helped somebody else out. Is Archiwantori? Archiwantori is a is a podcast geared towards uh, Surinamese children's books or children's stories. And every week, then they they put out a children's story, and my daughter actually listens to it, which is kind of cool. So that's something you do want to interview somebody about. But then, if the interview has to be in Dutch, it makes it a little bit more difficult as well. I do want to jump into to Ryan's question. So Ryan asked, are there any plans to start a Surinamese podcast association or a podcasting seminar? Uh, Ryan, to be honest, so often we jump to an association or somebody that represents the group straight away, which is difficult because uh, it's not necessarily dealing with egos, but everybody is in it for a different reason. So the first thing we did to kind of accommodate this or the idea that podcasting was becoming a thing is that we put it in as like a really small segment topic on the social media conference Suriname. So in the social media conference Suriname 2020, there was one session on creating your own show. It wasn't specifically towards podcasting, but everybody involved from uh, Dion, who does the Lucky Do show with me, to Shafeli Whip, who does sport with Shafeli Whip, and uh, Sandrina Hunsel, who does Sunflower. So those were three people that were already involved in kind of making their own show, which ended up being podcasts, and they spoke about it. And uh, there are definitely a lot of benefits. I I think uh, COVID helped out as well to realize that we can do these kind of shows without uh, having to have a complete uh, studio, because that was one of the reasons why, why this didn't happen. We always were convinced that when you do your own production, uh, when you do your own show, it has to be a high value production and it would have to be in a studio 
my first podcast in 2014, I recorded in the studio of Radio, of radio 10. Just to give you perspective, I went to a radio station and I, I struck a deal with a radio station to produce my podcast. So I would have my guests come to the radio station. I would interview them there and I would ask the radio station to edit the audio. And that was audio only. There was no idea that we would go live on Facebook and actually broadcast this out. So from that perspective, we've, we've really uh, grown. But uh, association, I think that's a little heavy uh, for where we are right now. It's, it's too niche, I think, in my opinion. You're going to sit there with, with six people or ten people and then uh, half of them can join in. So you're just with the five of you. So we'll just have a dim sum on Sunday like we had last Sunday. And, and that I, I think that works for now. So uh, thanks also for joining in, uh, Joseph. Yeah, I, I got uh, something to add that on that take of yours uh, regarding Ryan's question. Um, yeah, COVID kind of accelerated the process and actually forced people to, I guess there's a there's been a paradigm shift on how people consume media, but also produce media. And accessibility to online tools, online platforms, launching a, uh, a podcast has become easier than ever. Like 10 years ago, you had to think of, you know, where, I'm where am I going to host this? How am I going to edit this? Um, how are people going to listen to it? Now everyone's got a mobile device to listen to. Uh, I know Joseph started uh, his own podcast using Anchor. So that's just so the barrier of entry has lowered. And comparing it to radio stations, big studios, even they are first now, forced now to kind of use the same tools we are using right now. And if you look at it, um, like CNN or the, the big networks, they, they use Zoom, basically. Zoom has been the main way to broadcast now. Looking at the islands, uh, I briefly checked out how Barbados was doing some of their news and they were basically doing Zoom as well or something similar. And, you know, you, you see the speakers kind of in their living room, uh, setting a mini studio kind of thing. So, yeah, it's forcing people more in the creator space. And that gap is, has gotten smaller. Um, and that brings opportunity to, you know, level the playing field. And what's going to happen now, I think, I don't see necessary need for an association because it's more like uh, going into the topic of decentralized. It's you're democratizing the, the space, yeah. in a sense, the audio space, the video space. And this gives opportunity for creators. The, the next challenge I see that needs to be solved is how do these creators actually, can they make a living of? Because networks have passed the funding to, you know, do uh, big productions, but now the costs are also fractionalized, if you know what I mean. So that that's something we got to think about. And yeah, um, curious to see how many new creators they'll pop up in 2021, because that's another thing that uh, yeah. uh, this landscape has shifted into. I think I think Anchor is a good one. Before I go into Anchor, of course, uh, Joseph, thanks for sharing that story. He says, I, and uh, I got to push while Rahim was on your show. So uh, thanks to, goes out to the show. Thanks for sharing that as well, Joseph. Um, I, I, think, I think really Anchor is a game changer. Uh, Anchor is a game changer in the sense that it's also owned by Spotify. 
and, and most of you Spotify know, is available now. It's available <laughs> in Suriname. So yeah, so it's like a trifecta. And and at a certain point, I think people are not realizing yet. And this means this is something we covered in episode zero. Like, unfortunately, the first thing that I got out, like how to make money with the internet was MLMs. So that's like one of the most frustrating things for me. But I think we're going to slowly see how these individual productions that you don't have to go to a big production house to get your production out. Uh, it's actually moving the other way around. Uh, this week, uh, even somebody from a television station called me and said like, listen, I have a slot open with this amount of time on television. I want Surinamese creations. What do you got for me? And we're reaching a point that if I'm talking about the big creators, I mean, there was the Surifatu crew, uh, which was an assembly. It wasn't actually a, a thing. It was kind of a forced assembly of different local creators. But there were a couple of creators in there who are now so big that for them, offering them space and time, airtime on television, it's like, okay, so how much are you going to pay me? And then the televisions are like, what do you mean? Don't you want to be on television? And they're like, no, my reach on social media is higher. So what are you going to pay me to actually, you're going to getting the rights to my productions. And often these productions are really high level. They're even filmed in HD. So the dynamics is shifting, but also people are going to have to start understanding like, okay, how can I actually make money out of it? So like, for instance, my first song on Spotify, what, which isn't even my song, it's a song I did together with Shaq and Serge, uh, that, that now has earned $15 cents. I mean, that's really not that much. But through posting on Hive for three, for three years, I've earned over a thousand dollars, so that's that's interesting. In a, in a perspective like, wait, what you can that earn that kind of money, and then opportunities are starting to arise and saying like, wait, should I be a first mover? Like, should I try something that is not really familiar that people are not familiar? You know, it's legit. You first want to have the legitimization and the proof of stake, of proof of work. But once you have that, can I jump into this as one of the earlier people? So. I have a head start because that's what's happening with social media as well. I'm seeing all these new social media platforms and the people that jump into them the first, like go in head deep and go on full, fully invest in the platform, they grow quickly. I mean, how quick did people in Suriname get to 100,000 followers on TikTok? Like that was unheard of. Uh, now with Clubhouse, I mean, I'm talking with people that are like, yeah, I'm already on 1,000 followers on Clubhouse. And I'm like, wait, wasn't the app just released? So, um, yeah, I I think that's a really big uh, change, game changer. Yeah, and uh, Clubhouse is even still in a closed beta or like uh, iOS only. So um, they're using that kind of exclusivity, that FOMO effect to get people on board. And it's quite interesting. Um Going back to the point of Spotify here being in Suriname, uh, you, you got this uh, shift now I'm seeing that the, the consumer culture um, is getting adjusted. But as you said, the creators are kind of now becoming an independent media agency in a way. So that dynamic between the big stations and the big uh, agencies is changing. and it's going to take, I don't think it's going to take that long, but having that discussion on who's going to pay who and who's going to pay what, it's kind of, uh, I, I see the creator economy 
popping up or coming up more and more as uh, these topics and these subjects come more to light. And you're kind of an independent entrepreneur in that way. So knowing the business side becomes more and more relevant in the space instead of just creating. So I see opportunity there for people in the business space uh, and uh, plug to Joseph there who's kind of doing this, kind of matching with these creators to have a teamwork and kind of monetize their content in that way or how can you bring value um, from your creations to uh, an advertisement campaign, for example. Is it even necessary to have an advertisement campaign? Where's that authenticity level of you as a ambassador of a product or a brand? So these topics are going to be more relevant than ever. It's, it's also about how much leverage do you have? Like, like the arbitrage, because for instance, uh, Ruan says like, yes, the, the press in Barbados has been operating remotely to press conferences. Uh, we do that in Suriname as well. In some cases, uh, I two weeks ago did an interview for ATV where I was here, like in my, in my home and uh, I was being interviewed by the TV station as well. So it's, I, I, the quality was kind of, I did have some moments that I was like, yeah, I wish the quality was better. But on the other hand, it's possible now. Uh, Marlon, correctly, just like Clubhouse. And then what I really want to go into is what Devin is saying about their selling invites. So um, it's it's getting it's getting to a point that people are using this arbitrage where they're like, okay, I can get something for free, but people are willing to pay from it. So let's let's just use that leverage that I have uh, to to take it into perspective. When Texas Hold'em poker was blowing up, I had a friend who. Kind of, he, all he did was he went online at night and he played Texas Hold'em poker with people that have a lot of money and wanted to learn Texas Hold'em poker. And he would make a couple of hundred bucks a week just from playing poker with really rich people who didn't know how to play poker. And then sometimes he would win events and he would get seats to bigger tournaments. And he would actually sell off those seats to, to bigger tournaments. And, and that was kind of the leverage that he had. He didn't want to go to the bigger tournaments because though there were better players and he wouldn't win. But he decided to leverage the, 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 the tickets that he had for the bigger events and sell them off. So these are kind of things that are really new in the space. And what I'm a little bit worried about um, is how the governments are going to deal with it or the bigger uh, organizations who kind of like the controlled space. Um, we're seeing it like like with COVID and how we're dealing with COVID. Uh, a lot of times, the the governments don't have a clear view how to deal with these kind of new kind of organizations or, or brands coming up that don't go according to the rules. And there is no legislation yet. There's not even like a guideline yet, like how how you can create a win win between an influencer and the government. Uh, and while the influencers are being used now in, in campaigns more and more, and they are understanding, are understanding it, we're going to get to a point that there's going to be a company and there's going to be somebody working for the company. And the person working for the company has a bigger brand than the actual company. And that's just, it, there are just issues with that. Like there, there are issues that you can't explain at the moment. So we're, we're in a, in a very new space when it comes to, to, to the next steps. Especially bringing from local to global 
um because having access to an international market is even easier now especially for creators uh, not looking at tourism not looking at the mining industry but the creative industry um you got illustrator illustrators selling their artwork from to someone all the way in singapore in the other world so yeah as you said the government's having a tough time keeping up with that how do you even track income like that how do you even you know measure uh, the impact that that has on your local economy because it's an influx of cash uh so it goes bigger than that and speaking of influencers uh if you look at it on a global level we kind of talked about this this weekend you got people like uh Elon Musk that basically have more power than the U- United States as a whole with a single tweet so we are treading like with globalization some very unknown waters and yeah it's it's i, I don't know where that this is going but that um dynamic that a single individual has more power than a collective organization says something of the society we're in now yeah yeah and like it's it's like uh joseph is mentioning like facebook groups are making killing of dollars uh, we had a big discussion in one of my app groups which is kind of a a more entrepreneurial or uh, e-business entrepreneurial uh, WhatsApp group. They want me to move to Signal. I'm refusing to move to Signal until a large part of the Surinamese population actually commits to it. Uh, but uh, we got into the commercial policy for WhatsApp for business. The commercial policy for WhatsApp for business, it's terrible. It's really terrible. It's useless. You can't do anything with it. You're not allowed to sell streaming services on it. You're not allowed to sell adult content on it. Uh, There are so many restrictions on WhatsApp for business when it comes to commercial policy. It's, it's, and people are gonna, gonna go off grid and use platforms that we don't know about and the government doesn't know about. So we're kind of, we're kind of, the, the control, there's no more control. You, you can't control these kind of things. And I quickly want to jump into a question that Gregory is asking. Do you wear pants during Zoom calls? I'm always dressed fully when I get into these kind of shows, Gregory. And the reason for that is in some cases, I might have to get up. I do have the safety latch, which is this thing here. So I can just turn off my... my uh, video whenever i want to i got that from social makers during a conference i kept a couple of them it's really good tool uh just just a small slide that i can use but uh when you're in in calls i mean you should treat it as a as a regular call you should treat it as a regular show you should you should be prepared like it's a normal show and of course yes i'm not gonna wear i'm not wearing wearing any long pants with socks and and shoes i'm wearing shorts now but uh, but I am prepared. I mean, I'm I'm wearing something that I would wear, usually wear during uh, uh, an interview. So to just to put that into a perspective, I'm actually wearing shorts. But yeah, uh, I I have the <laughs> the, the, the the standard yeah. setup now. So I always put yeah. on this jacket. So if uh, anyone's noticed, uh, it's a recurring look. So it kind of sets the. The mood, uh, it's, it's like a mental switch. Okay, now we're going to podcast mode. So uh, just little hacks to help productivity, but that's something you got to, you know, feel out for yourself on how that works for you. But agree with Sean, Luke, uh, to avoid embarrassing situations. Uh, yeah, 
take precautions. <laughs> and and this is and this is practice, you know. So one of the things that happened earlier last year when we just started because I had to switch completely. I had to completely. I would always go to the office, and now all of a sudden there was a lockdown for two weeks, and it took all the stuff from the office, the backdrop, the lights. Uh, um, I had to figure out which table was best to put into my uh, my. Actually, this is is my office space at home. So I've had when we built the house, I had a separate office space, and I never used the office space. I every January I would make a video, and this is when I'm going to use my office, and this is what I that went on for years. And then when COVID came, I just had to use it for for my office, and now I finally have kind of like a setup. It's still a mess. If you would look around here, it's it's terrifying. But uh, I put up, and then when I started giving lectures, I have I have had lectures where I had my son sitting crying on my lap, and I had to turn my audio off and my camera off because I had my son just crying on my lap because he re- refused to accept that I was at home and not with with them putting them to bed. So you have to imagine like these kind of things; they take time. You're not gonna instantly find the right way to to work or to do things. I also wanted to wear my Udu glasses. I made special Udu glasses for my social media productions, but uh, unfortunately, if that put them on, the lights uh, uh, reflect directly. So so I had to move away from that as well. So these are kind of challenges that you you really go through when you first started out. And we also, also started with Zoom, uh, in the beginning, and then uh, we realized that there were better uh, uh, softwares softwares around to 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 help broadcast the show. So, just just a short segue or like a detour on platforms and you know tools for creators. Um, yeah, we started on Zoom, but the thing is, the situation we're in now has forced a lot of platforms to up their game. Zoom has had to up their game. If you look at Discord in the past six to 12 months, they immediately implemented video. They up the way communities are managed. So the development cycle of new platforms is so rapid that maybe in six months time, we won't be even using StreamYard if there's a better service that gives us for example, separate audio tracks for every individual that we don't to just increase production quality. There are already several of these platforms which I tested the last two weeks, but the only gripe with them is one of them doesn't have the live stream option. So in that regard, okay. you notice it's a win. Okay. But the great thing is they record your audio separately locally yeah. and then upload it. But the thing is, it uploaded this progressively. And with the upload speeds we have here, it just destroyed the actual interactive experience during that session. So it's great. But yeah, these companies are coming up with solutions. So if you're thinking of starting something like this, keep an open mind uh, to different platforms because the space is so dynamic that there's no one way to do it. You just got to experiment and have an open mind on that. But having said that, I, I think it's time for some, before we go back into the comments, uh, let's bring back a segment that we haven't done for a while, Sean, look, some rapid fires. Okay, because okay. Sure. I, I think, um, yeah, just, 
it's a little fun for the audience to, you know, get to know us a bit more, some tricky stuff. If, if you guys got questions, drop them down as well. But uh, yeah, let, let's go for it. Uh, either a rapid fire A or B or just a single sentence answer. You want to okay, go first? Okay, sure. Uh, well, okay, let's, let's, let's start easy. Uh, ketchup or my, uh, ketchup or mayo? Ketchup all the way. Okay. Okay. So last book you read. Sorry? The last book last you book read. Yeah. Finished, finished reading or. Let's go with uh, currently, currently reading. reading. Yeah, currently reading. Currently reading. Okay. I, I don't have it here anymore, do, or do I? Uh, no, I don't have it here anymore. That's uh, known by Mark Shaver. I haven't finished it, actually. I'm still okay. on, on the track of, of finishing that one. So known by Mark Shaver. Uh, that's, it's a really interesting book. Uh, yeah, it talks a little really bit about... Guy. Yeah. It, 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 no, it's for me really personally interesting. The difference between being famous and being known is a very interesting concept. Okay, so... Um, Dim sum or sushi? Ooh. Just because of the local situation, I'll go with dim sum. Just but overseas. Of the local but overseas. No, 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 that, that's just, no, 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 that's, no, that doesn't count. You have to give one answer. It's just one answer. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll take dim sum. Okay. We'll take dim sum. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Current bro open browser tabs besides streaming. Current, okay, current open browser tabs, zero. There, there's a story behind this, which is a little funny. Is um, For some reason, I have some connectivity issues between Chrome, my mic, and my headphones. So there's a connectivity issue between my mic and my headphones. If I plug in my headphones first and I plug in my mic, my computer, my MacBook restarts automatically. So I have to make sure that always to first to the mic and then the headphones. And also if I would go like to Facebook now to share this live stream on my personal profile, I would be frozen and Diego would start panicking because he would be alone today. No. <laughs> so for that reason, I don't have anything open, which is weird because when we started using StreamYard, like in the beginning, I could go on Twitter. I could actually put Twitter elements, but I think that was still on Zoom. So maybe that's the difference. But for StreamYard, for some reason, StreamYard with Chrome, that connection, I might have to change completely to Bro to Brave at some point. So I, I do think that I have to do that. So that's an, an interesting one. I haven't done that yet, but yeah, anyways. <laughs> we can't go into details about yeah. that. Sorry, Sorry about that. Uh, okay. There are already a couple of rapid fires in the in the comment section, but I'll do one more. Um, yeah. Let's do one more so, each, and then go to the comments. Okay, so do you wanna do you wanna do the more difficult one or the one the more interesting one? What's the difference? The the, the difficult one is gonna give you a harder time deciding, but the interesting one gives a, a story to to continue talking about after we've done the, the quick fire. Okay, let's, let's go interesting. Okay, so would you rather lose your sense of smell or all the technology that you use currently? Oof. <laughs> mm. Interesting. Eh? 
I'll go losing sense of smell. Here, here's my take on this. Losing okay. sense of smell. Okay. Um, I'm not a biologist or human anatomy, but, but uh, bear with me. So usually people who lose one of their senses enhance the other senses to a certain oh, degree. Wow. <laughs> so I, I would smell, I, I wouldn't mind sacrificing smell to enhance one of my other senses to have an edge over whatever the case it may be. Better hearing, better sight. Um, yeah, and... I think we're at that stage in the technological life cycle that there is a technological solution or something to complement what you're missing. That's my take on that. Okay, I, I, if you don't mind, I'm quickly going to jump into this because this all started with social nom socialnomics, which is a video that's being made every year. And all of a sudden, one of the topics was that uh, our generation would rather lose a sense of smell or a very big portion of our, our population, especially our generation, would rather lose their sense of smell than their technology. So that's how it got started, which is really weird, but that's how it got started. And then with COVID, like people actually losing their smell due to COVID, it became even a more, a more interesting topic. Uh, I will say this. My wife got COVID. She lost her sense of smell. And yeah, a couple of things, I won't say too proudly, but a couple of things, uh, she can't really smell. So the she couldn't smell like the garbage bin. She can't smell uh, like when <laughs> her son uh, did a number two. <laughs> uh, she couldn't smell the food, like when the food's ready. So these are kind of things that we don't consider. And you're saying like there's a solution to it, but on the other side, there's, also, not really a solution to it. So I thought it was a really, really interesting case. But you get one more quick fi rapid fire before we go to the comment section. Uh, yeah, sure. Talking about technology. The, so since you can't use your laptop, let's go to your phone. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So social media is distracting on the phone. So let's do the counterpart. What's your go-to productivity app on the phone? Okay. So here's the interesting part. I have two phones. Um, this phone does not have any social media apps on them. This is my main phone. It does not have Facebook. It doesn't have Twitter. It doesn't have Instagram. It doesn't have TikTok. It doesn't have LinkedIn. It has nothing on it. Only calling and WhatsApp. And WhatsApp, I'm desperately trying to get WhatsApp of this phone. I'm trying to get WhatsApp to this phone as well because this is where all my socials are on, but this phone doesn't have, you can't call on this phone. So that's kind of how I try to distinguish between the two. So do you want to talk about the phone that has social media or the phone that doesn't have social media? I'm trying to figure out because Diego free froze out for a second. So uh, while Diego is uh, reconnecting, like the story I'm saying, it's like I have one phone which is specifically for calling and one phone that's specifically for social media. So this phone doesn't come out until after my work is done. Or, and that's kind of a way to, to keep it kind of, uh, uh, to, to don't 
to not to get distracted. So I actually don't have productivity apps on my phone because having productivity apps on my phone will result to me being unproductive because I'll do something else. Uh, so Diego is popping back in. And Diego, you should tell us what's uh, what's going on. Can you hear us already? I just had a power, power outage. So I'm on my phone right oh. now. Um, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it just came back five minutes ago, uh, a minute ago. So I'm rebooting the computer uh, since I'm not on okay. a laptop. So if you give me one minute, I'll be back in the desktop session. But I kind of got your answer. You're not using um, productivity items on your phone my, or apps. As soon, as soon as I go to my phone, it's it's being unproductive. So the only thing that I think it's somewhat indirectly productive is I play chess on my phone. I think, and that's not that's actually time consuming, but I do think it 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 serves a benefit to my general general skills. So aside from the quick fire questions, I'm quick quickly gonna go through the the comments that we've missed so far. So Gregory uh, joined in. He says the audio and video is great. So thank you for that. Uh, Yosef says, I will definitely monetize in the future, either my own product, affiliate products, or sponsorship. So this is something that we don't talk en enough about. So we'll definitely put in a session this year where we talk about monetization of a brand because there are a lot of monetization options. And it's good to know that not all the monetization options work for, for everyone. Um, I would rather have individuals have the power instead of governments. Yeah, this is on paper, Gregory. I love this idea. And in practicality, it's not really pragmatic. Trust me. Uh, too many voices, too many leaders on a ship. It doesn't always go according to plan. Uh, and yeah, then the, <laughs> somebody mentions, but what if those individuals eventually go into politics? Uh, politics is just... The politics is everywhere. It's not just when we talk about politics, we talk about the politics in the government, but politics is everywhere. So, um, yeah, that's part of it as well. Diego's already reconnecting. Uh, and Mo, uh, Tefan, yeah, just using a UDU frame, that's not going to work for me. Uh, it's too expensive to just have an UDU frame with all the glasses in, or at least a separate UDU frame. Uh, what's what are you guys eating tonight? Of what have you, Diego? You want to jump into that question? Diego, your audio is a little bit, yeah, a little bit off at the moment. Uh, uh yeah, how's that sounding now? Yeah, it's better, it's a little loud, but I think for the rest, it's good. Um, so the double phone, okay. So this is from Marlon Woe that's getting two phones, the double phone effect is, I think. It can be very productive. I think the biggest, the biggest problem I have with having two phones is that most people still send me WhatsApps. One minute. Yeah. Most people still send me WhatsApps or WhatsApps on my private phone, which can be a distraction when I have to work. So I think that's the only thing. Uh, for you guys who are watching it now, I'm not going to jump into the quick fire questions before Diego is back. So I'm going to slowly go around all the, the comments. Uh, technically, a Nokia 3310 would be a perfect phone as your main phone. Actually, it, it does. Actually, it does. And um, 
Mo- uh, definitely you're going to have to fill me in on the perfume, the movie, because I don't know about that. Uh, and then one more from Seth. Uh, I think the government is figuring out the current situation for be moving into crypto. So Yo. that's also an interesting thing. Yes, this know. sounds a lot better. This sounds great. Okay, okay so yeah. Diego, are you ready for the rapid fire questions? Because one we've got a lot of them. Okay. Yeah, I, I just realized I had another headphone on, so that was why I wasn't hearing anything. Oh. So <laughs> yeah, excuse my hopping in and hopping out, but those things yeah. tend to happen when you have unexpected situation. You got, just got to deal with yeah. it. But I yeah, let's... Think- I don't think people realize that you had a power outage <laughs> until you mentioned it. So, okay. So let's start with the first one. The first one was, what are you guys eating tonight? I actually have no dinner as of this moment. So probably make some sandwich with peanut butter in a bit. Okay. Okay. I had cassava fries with greens and uh, fish, actually. Um, roti or chow mein? Oh, this is a tough one. Wow. Ooh. Roti. I'm not sure. I already took the like, so roti on this one. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, this is a tough one. This is really a tough one. Because if you would ask me if you never had roti again or never had chow mein again, that would make it really difficult. Ah, screw it. Uh, Min, you can still have Bami, so I'm going with Roti as well. Um, Illustrator for the versus Photoshop. Yeah, I think oh, that's I, it. I Illustrator. Yeah, I'm not that good with Illustrator. I have to go Photoshop. Comic Sense or Helvetica? Really? 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 <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I'm not even going to answer this one. Because you have to, from you have to Gregory, <laughs> <laughs> anyone with a sense, anyone in the design space knows this oh question. Oh my god! For me, so you already oh know god. the answer, Gregory. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. This is just two, choosing between two evils. This is. Um, I'm gonna be honest. You can do a little bit more with Helvetica. I'm just going to be honest. So I'm going to go with Helvetica. Uh, <laughs> Devin said, don't do this, Gregory. Don't do this here. <laughs> okay. Scrum or Kanban? Uh, actually, have don't have that much experience in Scrum, but I'd go with Kanban. Same here. I mean, I've only been taught Kanban. I haven't been taught Scrum. So that would be... Uh, unfair. Rajiv says, uh, both. <laughs> Seth asks, Shaluk, which phone would you choose? Okay, but this is a very open question. So are you going to give us two phones to choose between? Because um, the short answer for me here is, and, and people hate me for saying this, I've been using a MacBook for more than 10 years. So for the past 10 years, more over 10 years, I haven't touched uh, a, a laptop that's uh, a different brand than Apple. But when it comes to phones, I prefer Android. I just prefer, for my phones, I prefer Android. Uh, I don't know why. For, for When it comes to user-friendliness uh, on, a, on a laptop, I can't work with a other uh, anything else than a MacBook. 
Uh, and it kills me because compatibility issues are huge. <laughs> but um, for phones, I prefer Android. Actually, I respect that. Not very common combination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want I want to have the benefits of both. I mean, like people that people that don't have a MacBook don't understand how awesome it is that you can just flip your MacBook. You can just close it, throw it away, open it up again. There's never any glitch. It never breaks down. It's just you open up and you can start working straight away. There's no ten thousand uh, <laughs> installs that you have to do or updates that you have to do. It's just it's just Enjoy, pure pleasure if you have a MacBook. People don't understand what a pleasure a MacBook is. And then on the other side, like I'm not willing to pay for apps. I'm sorry. I'm just not that type of person. All right. Fair enough. Um, I got to say, though, that uh, Windows 10 has had significant improvements experience-wise. So um, I'm not talking about the operating yeah. system alone. I'm talking about a computer as well. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, do we get any? Yeah. Any so, there's, there's one more. Then? Yeah, one one more question from uh, Gregory. Where is Suriname lacking the most? Is it economics? Is it society? Or is it simply personal issues? Uh, I don't. As a whole, as a whole country, I don't think these questions can be answered that simply and because even answering it with a simple answer would just be a bias towards your personal circumstances so yeah um I, it, yeah Sean, look if, if, if you dare i, I can answer it. this i can yeah. answer this one um where Suriname is is lacking most is population <laughs> we're, we're just too small we're just too small we we need a bigger population and it's it's weird saying that it's weird like saying like okay so the actual solution to getting ahead is actually making more children that's the best way for us to do it and also more educated people making more children because it goes completely against the concept and i'm gonna go off topic here so i'm just just, just, just gonna uh, stop there you mentioned population i, I want to touch on this because we did this last yeah. weekend when we were yeah. uh, extrapolating data uh, to do you know some groundwork for the podcast um this the population aspect was something we hit really quick because yeah. we were trying to identify our audience so we did a quick um cross i guess extrapolation on interests that people have based on facebook data and some other data so you may have seen the post that shanluk posted with um, some influencers some business brands some personal branding finance brands and i think it was uh, elon musk was one of the results we searched and he had we one of the was most biggest yeah yeah i think I think compared to him, the only ones that really popped up that were really big as well were Tony Robbins and Oprah Winfrey. I thought those Elon Musk, Oprah Winfrey, and Tony Robbins were kind of the biggest ones. And then especially Tony Robbins had a much older audience, like a lot of people above 30. I think 50, over 50% was over 30. So that's kind of like the old school kind of motivational. And then, of course, Oprah is is a legend in its in, in her own right. And Elon was just surprised that he was that big. 
yeah so if, if you look at the cap local i guess target that you can reach is me but maybe five thousand maybe two thousand and we, we were kind of struck by that number and that kind of enhanced or validated our decision to you know i think english for content locally is the right way to go because you could reach more people and uh influence a wider i guess audience or reach a wider audience so that's some behind the scenes that you guys may not know but we're we're really considering yeah so that's why of the reasons why we're looking a little bit broader as well i mean there will always be a little piece of suriname in in, in the podcast we'll always have tidbits where we go back to suriname compare it to suriname that will always be the case but we're also looking like a lot of things that we're going to talk about in the next coming two months they're like a handful of people doing those kind of things in suriname and they don't always want to talk about it they don't always feel comfortable talking about it because then all eyes on them it's kind of a big fish in a small point kind of one kind of situation because if you made with if you've done nfts and you've made nft art and you've made over a couple of thousand bucks from selling digital art it's like you're already an anomaly in, in in this space in suriname so it's kind of all eyes are towards you and you know you don't necessarily want that uh so stephanie also adds thank you for dropping in again stephanie so there is a shift uh in what people do as jobs like creating and influencing us there seems to be a gap between the generations in terms of understanding the shift what needs to happen to be a more smooth transition you know stephanie the funny thing is this transition has never been smooth <laughs> like we've transitions from a pre-radio era a pre-television era to a television and a radio era it's, it's never been a smooth transition. The easiest way for me to explain to some people is how it works is that basically in the 90s, everybody wanted to be a movie star. Everybody wanted to be Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, because he was like, oh, this is a big movie star and I want to be a movie star and I want to be able to get the girls. That was kind of the, the concept behind it. And now it's kind of being, I want to be a YouTuber. So anybody that's the age of six to ten that says i want to be a youtuber basically it's the same as we would say in the 90s i want to be an actor and then what you start to realize is that people go out there to become an actor but he end up being a director end up being a cameraman a director of photography and up being uh part of the production company and that's also kind of what's happening in the in the online space as well uh, some people just become cameramen or editors for bigger YouTubers and go behind the scenes because they want to be in the scene, because they love the scene. They think that's what, what it's supposed to be and what it's about for them in their life. Some people go out of it because they're not really, they don't really fit. And some people become really big and a lot of people don't know who those people are and until they realize that they've just been in the scene and they've been doing the same thing. And then where the biggest difference, of course, comes in is that Right now, it's becoming more and more decentralized. And um, there's a lot of leverage for personal brands, which wasn't there before. And a personal brand, I think, um, a personal brand five years ago would be, or 15 years ago would be like Richard Branson. Richard Branson would be the people that, the person who most people would look up, look up to and say like, wow, that's a real personal brand. They built uh, that company. But uh, now it's even like I look at David Dobrik as an example and I'm like, wow, this is this 20-year-old guy who buys a house 
which is worth couple, probably a lot, around four or five million, and has his own podcasting studio uh, in his house. So that's kind of where we're moving towards. Suriname, uh, Gregory, uh, lacking creative developing technologies, uh, we lack the mark, the 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 population to have a big enough market that it would make sense for those investments. And I think that really helped uh, us is that because of COVID, we are accepting technology, which is a little less advanced. Uh, but I quickly want to jump into it as Diego is out again. Um, just to give you a perspective, um, I think two or three years, no, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> three years ago, I interviewed, um, I did an interview uh, with Chris Brogan. And Chris Brogan is uh, somebody who has been with social media marketing from 2005, from the early ages, even before then. And I asked him like whether or not we should go live in a in a, a country that has doesn't have the, the proper internet connection. And actually what uh, Chris Brogan told me is like, if you don't have a good enough internet connection, just film the content and then post it online afterwards. Don't go and post videos with crappy internet connection because people are going to move away. They're not going to stay and you're going to lose your audience. And that really struck me because for at least a year, I stopped doing Facebook lives because the internet connection wasn't good enough. And we're kind of lucky with this show that aside from, I think, the second episode uh, we've had pretty good internet connection. Uh, and, and I don't think the show was possible even a year ago. That's how much of a difference the, the technology has grown. And, and somewhere to answer Gregory's question, um, technology, developing technology only makes sense when you have a big enough population that can actually afford that technology. And yes, of course, um, in some cases, the technology is already there but the service providers are just charging too much for it. But in some cases, the service providers are not actually able to make a profit because the population in Suriname is so small. And uh, Ruan uh, contests to it that I think the population is a Caribbean issue in general. So uh, That's where internationalization comes in. Um, Not just thinking of a solution for locally, but regionally and globally. And that's how tech companies are basically taking over markets. Um, and that being a good thing or a bad thing, it depends on the context you put it in. But yeah, that's how I see you got to scale uh, regarding that. But yeah, I had another power spike, but I'm back now. So let's uh, move to the last few things. We are hitting the hour mark. Um, if there are any more questions you'd like to know from us, drop them down um, and we'll go to the final part. Um, just what you can expect from the, I guess, next month or two, what we're looking to cover. I think Sean Luke uh, briefly mentioned NFTs and yeah. he mentioned this in the beginning of the episode as well. So some of you have heard of it, some of you may not, but this is in the tech space and especially in the art and collector space. Yeah, correct. It's, really it's, it's also in gaming. Yeah, it's also in gaming. It's really picking up traction. So briefly, what what 
or NFTs is basically an application or a utility based off of blockchain technology. And that's why you see the current surges in the cryptocurrency space and more prominently in the last week or two, the NFT space. So we are elaborating with uh, some people to share some insights on that as well. And once we get that uh, in stone, you'll be definitely the first to know. And you'd be surprised to how or who may be behind these moves. Yeah. So I think, I think it's interesting to mention, Diego, that next week we go in a little bit into leveraging social media and new social media platforms. I think that's without giving away what we're going to talk about. That's like a general introduction. And, and the week after we're moving a little bit more towards the, the emotional, the psychology behind uh, marketing in general. And, uh, and I think then we're slowly going to move towards either financial topics or crypto related topics. Not too much. I don't want to feel like at a certain point that we get into a crypto show. There's also one thing that we should mention that is a little bit of something that happens when you start scaling the show is that at a certain point you come to certain guests, uh, that can't, um, make themselves free on our regular programming that aren't available at this time uh, that we're, we're regularly doing the show. So that is for now a challenge as well. Uh, for now, those guests are on hold. But of course, there are a couple of guests uh, that I really want to interview but are unfortunately not available on this time slot. So we'll still have to figure out how we're, we're going to do that. Speaking of guests, if there's anyone you think you'd uh, be want to hear from considering the scope that we're covering and you know someone uh, or maybe help us reach out uh, feel free to drop suggestions even topics in general and we can find the people who are specialists in those fields so that's the way we're trying to you know keep producing or bringing in quality content and also knowledge valuable knowledge to yeah give you guys the current state of developments in the world in a way. Yeah, but, but don't ask us to bring Elon Musk or Gary Vaynerchuk yeah. as a guest. Just just d don't do that. You know? Uh, uh, I might might be able to pull off some surprises, but that's a little bit <laughs> a little bit far-fetched. Um, so there are a couple of suggestions. There are a couple of people that still want to get into the quick fire. So um, let's let's do the last couple of things. First one was by Seth is there's a lot of fear of the unknown among the older Surinamese generations. I wouldn't say it's just the Surinamese older generations. I think there may be a little bit more than in other countries, but I think that's a general general issue. A question from Gregory that's being asked is why do you uh, why do you do podcasts? What's what's the goal? What's the end goal with this? Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Diego, as well? Yeah, I'll touch on this. Uh, end goal there is uh, maybe i'm saying it wrong but there is no particular end goal the thing is actually greg we started this uh eight <laughs> months ago so <laughs> i'm so gonna trying to figure out why am i into this why am i doing this no just kidding. I, i'm gonna redirect this to you yeah. on our next capital convos conversation nice. but for now 
um, why I'm personally doing it. One, it was a way for me to, you know, um, talk about topics that were in my mind, but also having people to soundboard of having these constructive, deep, deeper level conversations and just a way to archive your thoughts. Um, I think Naval Ravikant said it. It's a way to compartmentalize your thoughts, have it in a way that um, you can structure what you're thinking, but also a way to archive it. And if someone else sees value in it, that's a bonus. So it, it was a very personal reason at first. But as the show has grown, as we've had, I guess, some returning loyal listeners as well, um, we're giving it more structure and there is lots of potential in this medium, this space, as well as how the creator economy is rising. Um, the best time to have started the podcast was probably like 10, 15 years ago, but the next best time is now. Cause even now I can tell you it's still a really, really chaotic space. People still don't understand the analytics that go behind it. People still are trying to figure out what influence it has on communities, on individual behavior. Uh, the majority of podcasts are now in English. So I already mentioned before, there's Spanish uh, market, there's the Chinese market that you can potentially penetrate. But bringing that back to Suriname, there is no other from what I've seen at this level of content being produced locally, not talk, uh, taking the ones that uh, currently produce their own shows for granted, but on an international scale, trying to get um, yeah, people from different parts of the world into topics that play a role here, but also how we can reflect that in that part of the world. And that's what we're kind of trying to bridge is um, bringing the global local and vice versa. So it's, it's funny that you mention it because I interviewed Pat Flynn in 2018. Again, don't ask me to get Pat Flynn as a guest to the show. But when I did a short interview with him, he still told us like, hey, it's early. Like we're we're not there yet. There, the saturation for the the podcast market, it's far from being oversaturated. There's still so much space to to be discovered. I'll, I'll probably link up the the interview. I still have it somewhere, so it's it's easy to link up. But I think it's even more so now through in twenty, sorry, in twenty twenty one. And I think what's the goal? I think the goal will constantly change. The goal for me personally is to document, not to create. Uh, but it helps that I create and it also helps that we get guests in that I know they bring value because that's one of the things that I do want to do. For me, it is a way of getting people with value and bringing them to the Surinamese audience to have people in Suriname have the opportunity to have personally uh, customized experiences with, with international professionals and experts to get a broader perspective as well because we tend in Suriname we tend to live within the borders of our country. We kind of sometimes forget that there's a bigger world outside of Suriname. And I do I do want to push the boundaries on that a little bit as well. 
Um, so Diego, Star Wars or Star Trek? <laughs> um, I'll go with Star Wars on this one. I'm sorry, Marlon, you're going to hate me for this, but I'm not going to jump into this because I'm actually not a fan of either. Uh, Anthony Nasty Sport Hall or National Indoor Stadium? At, at least uh, I think I think that Gregory yeah. means that. Um, yeah. Ness? Yeah, sure. Let's go with Ness. So when it comes to pronouncing it, I'll go for Ness, but I do feel it's the Anthony Nasty Stadium. So uh, I'm, I do want to give it the name of Anthony Nasty, if that makes any sense. Ryan wants to thank us uh, for engaging with the audience. Thank you, Ryan. We appreciate you guys being so active in the comment section. I think that's one of the best parts about this show. So we want to really thank you guys as well. Uh, Pre-record the answers to their questions. What does this refer to? you? Do you remember, Diego? Um, it's probably the question of uh, scheduling guests that don't fit our time slot. So yeah, it, it, it's a different experience. Yeah. We can try that. We can yeah, try that. Definitely. We can try that. The only problem is they won't be able to answer your questions. So that's the reason why we don't want to do it. Uh, now it's a lot easier to start a podcast. Yes, it's a lot easier. I do want to preface that with okay. it's a lot easier, but don't underestimate it. Maybe the logistics are there, but it's like starting a company in a sense once you start getting traction and growing big. And that's where the hard part comes in. Getting started is good, it's easier, but maintaining it, that will be the true challenge for many it's it's consistency here we're we're doing this on a weekly basis so we're going to get in about a hundred uh actually a 50 podcasts a year that's our goal technically for this year and when we speak about entrepreneurship i often tell people you have to sell something for for a hundred times first before you have a general idea of the what the market is like it's actually funny because I didn't want I did want to bring this up. So we reach a hundred podcasts of social confos by the end of next year. So with the end of 2020, potentially we'll have a hundred episodes of social confos. That's not a lot. It might sound like a lot, but it's not really a lot. And when you get into the YouTubers, I mentioned David Dobrik, but also Casey Neistat, Mr. Beast, go have a look at their YouTube channel and how many videos they've put out. Most of them haven't reached a thousand videos yet. And this is a very interesting topic, Diego, that I think doesn't get mentioned a lot. I had it with my podcast in 2014. I think I did four episodes in total. Um, uh, other p podcasts that started all through the years in Suriname as well, they died down within after like five episodes, eight episodes. They even never got around to a full full season. And if you really want to do it correctly, and that's why I respect you a, a lot for doing it, to have everything on Spotify, have everything on streaming platforms that you can look back at it, uh, getting to like 40 episodes, 50 episodes, that's already really a challenge. And look at the most successful shows. Why do we think that Tapa Bang Style is such a successful show? It's because it continuously went on. It's, it's still going on. And even though you still have to find a way to keep people engaged after a certain amount of shows, uh, getting there is a lot harder uh, than you think, just uh, like you said, Diego. Um, 
if adding value to us in English by Surinamese, if it's adding value to us in English by Surinamese for Surinamese, then you already are on your way to achieve that goal, at least for me, because there are more of us out there. Okay, this is interesting. I haven't watched, looked at it from that perspective, but this is cool. So thanks for sharing that as well, Marlon. And Gregory wants to quickly know that Anthony Nesty should should get his uh, respect that he's a surf. He should get the Grani for uh, the the media should say Anthony Nesty uh, Stadium in our sport hall instead of this. Um, that's really uh, true. But I think this is this is an issue in general. This speaks for Anthony Nesty. This speaks for Leticia Frista. This speaks for Clarence Seedorf. You know how far we've been, would have been if we would have given. Uh, f- uh, Clarence said of full green light like um, Dean Khoury is getting now, if we would get similar green light for Clarence Seedorf, we would have already had a sports academy. It would have been named the Clarence Seedorf Sports Academy. But who would care? I mean, the guy won the Champions League four or five times. Give him give him the granny. Just, just do it. Um, make Anthony Nesty or, uh, or sports... Uh, Anthony Nesty, for people that don't know it, Anthony Nesty, for the last three years, he's been regional coach on college level in 2019, regional coach of the year, uh, swimming coach, regional swimming coach of the year in the United States in his division in 2019, or actually in 2018 and 2019. And in 2020, Anthony Nesty, or Anthony Nesty, was the best swimming coach of the total of the United States on college level. Peace, we don't grasp that. And that he was the best coach on a college level in the whole United States. And he's coaching in Florida. He's not coaching our national swimming team. Uh, and that just goes to show like how, and it's kind of politics as well, that people don't want to uh, give full control to to like uh, Surinamese people that, or at least sur- people with Surinamese roots, who have played at the highest level, who had had done competitive sports at the highest level. So that's yeah, that's that's tough. Um, this is a tough question. Do you re-listen the episodes and reflect on them? I think that's a really good question. I'll let you go first on this one. So um, basically, how we re-listen to the episodes is that we, for to promote the episode, we have to have certain snippets of the episode. So basically, when I heard an episode, I'm going to go back to specific topics that were discussed. So if there's certain things that Jay said, we all, both Diego and I knew, like we wanted to go on the, on the topic of self-confidence because we thought that was a very interesting approach from him. So we will lis- listen to those parts of the podcast. But, I don't do full reruns of the the full uh, podcast, but maybe when I get Spotify, I should do that a little bit more often. Now that we have Spotify, I think it's a lot easier to to re-listen because I can do it in the car. I can do it when I'm doing stuff at home. So uh, I think this is a fair question. How about yeah. you? So my take on this is um, from a production standpoint and improvement standpoint, Yes, it is important to re-listen to your own podcast, re-listen to the cringiness of your own voice, <laughs> um, and also just to understand how flow and structure went, um, to ask better questions where you've kind of 
let the ball fall or have to gone deeper, that is only going to help you improve the craft. How it actually happens um, during the editing process, currently I do some post-editing for the audio-only versions that goes to the streaming platform. So in that way, you are kind of forced to listen to back to it, um, which is good. But I do skim down to some parts uh, and it drags on. And you can, once you get the rhythm of how to edit, you kind of start to see the flows in the waves. Um, so yeah, that's one part of it. But yeah, and if I listen to podcasts, uh, especially if it's to review it, I listen to them at 1.5 speed or 1.25 <laughs> speed. So that, that's a little hack to save time. But yeah, I think really do think it is important to intentionally listen to especially some important parts of the podcast to improve. So last time I listened to this podcast, I realized that my breathing is very heavy, which I already know, but this mic picks up on it as well. So that's one of the things that I'm struggling with. That's uh, uh, Please don't go into it because otherwise you will keep hearing it. Once you hear it, you, you cannot remove it. So sorry for sorry for bursting that bubble. I hope you don't lose followers for that. Sorry about that. But I do have to say that those are the kind of things that you uh, grow conscious of. So in some cases, I will now start uh, turning off my mic in certain cases when I know I'm kind of out of breath or those kind of things. And um, yeah, th those are like production tools, especially when recording. You got to know your equipment, your mic, how it picks up audio and the position you place it when recording. So all these things help in that feedback loop. So you can see if in the next episode it improved. And yeah, but here's the here's the problem. Officially, like I'm moving away from the mic. Officially, it's already it's kind of a distraction. So so it's easier to just go like, okay, and now you can't hear me anymore. So that's kind of a way of of around it. But it's it's very time consuming. And this is funny because when I worked at Apinti, I worked at Apinti Television uh, 19 years ago. Uh, when I had to do the audio for, for local shows, then you would have to like, if somebody's taking a sip of water, put the audio down, you know, those kind of things. And that's the biggest difference between production, television productions, the, the usual television productions and productions that we are doing now. We're kind of multitasking things that people would have a job for uh, in, when it comes to traditional productions. Uh, there's one more question, and then we're, we're going to close off, I guess. Uh, Gregory asks, writing and posting story blogs daily or podcasts daily? So this is another interesting one. So this depends actually on you as a creator. Um, I want to uh, yeah, how much into editing you want to go. Do you want to do it raw? So these are things you need to consider. Um, because, for example, I know Seth Godin writes a post every day for the past, I think, 10 plus years. He hasn't missed a single day of writing a post, however long it is. But he's a writer, and that's the consistency he has built. Um, I'm not so sure if I can commit to a daily podcast or writing. But, yeah, podcast, I I'd aim for podcast in this situation because that's the space we are currently in. I'm not that much of a writer. So that's my take on that. But daily though, 
Would you do a yeah. daily podcast? That would be so exhausting. So daily, you could bring it to, I guess, an Instagram live format of 10 minutes can be converted into a podcast. So it depends on your production line or if, how if you... That. Yeah. So I want to I wanna quickly move away from a misconception. And I think for people to understand how daily works, if you're going to do daily... It has to be really, really, really high on your pri- priority list. And there shouldn't be anything else high on that priority list. So, for instance, daily flogging, like Casey Neistat, uh, Casey Neistat did it for one and a half years. It was kind of the only thing that mattered. So, the reason why daily anything doesn't work for me, because I've done daily writing, I've done daily video. And the reason why it doesn't work for me, is there's too much going on in my life. So I, I'm not able to let go of my company with 30 clients. I'm not able to let go of my family life. There are too many external factors that I there is always somewhere around in that month. Uh, and I've already had it for the last year. I had it at least three times at day 26 that I broke down and I skipped the day. So if you want to go the daily route, it doesn't matter if it's writing or if it's a podcast or it's video. If you're going to go the daily route, you really need to have the commitment and you really need to have it as a priority and basically your sole priority. And if you have it as your sole priority, it works. And yeah, the idea, Stephanie, because Stephanie is now jumping into, if you have a team, uh, let's talk the, uh, like talk shows. Even if you have a team, like you have to have an idea how expensive those talk shows are. You're talking about that the talk shows that have a team of at least ten people. Even Gary Vaynerchuk, when Gary Vaynerchuk did his his daily his live videos, he had a team of seven people. So if you're gonna go and have a team, and this is not a team that you could just start and do it with your team. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Your team still has to get accustomed to the style that you want to post, that you want to write, that you want to create. For me, I have now have a team also as well of, of I think seven people are involved with my social media channels. But certain things I just can't let go because it's a certain writing style. It's a certain way of, of doing things that you're not easy to let go of. And in the end, it comes back to you. How structured are you? So, and then it's again priority. If you have it as a priority, uh, it could work. Uh, John Lee Dumas is a great example who had a daily podcast for five years, more than 2,000 episodes published. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk with Wine, Li- Wine Library TV also has that. So, if we're going to talk team, it's going to have to be a budget. You're going to have to have a committed crew that you're going to mold into it. It's, it's a possibility, but you also have to pay those people five times what's the average salary in Suriname. So uh, what's the average salary where you live? So it's going to be, you're, you're going to have to be either on this level that you can actually afford to pay people because you should pay people to the network for you because the revenue that you get from it is a lot larger than what you're paying for them. But if you're doing less as an individual, it's total commitment. And I think we did it in 2017. We did the 30-day challenge Suriname. Uh, and I think of the 12 people that joined in, five did it. And one of the people was uh, Serge from This Is A News. And This Is A News at the time had like 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. 
and he has over 30,000 now. So it did impact, it, it did light a fire. But what you have to understand that he already was putting out content for five years before it blew up on YouTube. And that consistency is important. I think uh, if you're going to do like 30-day or daily challenges, once you drop out of that rhythm, that cadence, you'll lose, there's going to be a dip. And you as an individual, especially in high production or at least minimum production creations, um, you need that break as well to recharge, to commit. And in that sense, writing might be easier, shorter, just to keep your mastering of the craft up to par to get those 10,000 hours or those, you know, 10,000 iterations in. So it's something you have to decide for yourself, but daily is a really, really high commitment uh, that you need to consider. So yeah, really, really high commitment. I think writing is, it depends. I mean, I've, I've, I actually, with video, I've done it for one, for one month. Uh, writing and video both, I've been really close a couple of times, like four or five times. Uh, and it's easy to use the Seinfeld method. I think that's a fair method to use. The Seinfeld method is basically don't break the chain. So you try to produce every day, every day, every day. And then when you miss a day, it's very important that once you miss a day, the next day you pick it up again. If you miss two days after each other, it's you're you lost. You're you're out of the rhythm. It's not going automatically away. If you want to read more about it, Diego has read the book James Clear. So uh, James Clear I, the Seinfeld method. It's a really I actually good never knew it was called the Seinfeld method. I just remember it as the two-day rule. But yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. official name, I guess. Yeah, well, the, the official name is the two-day rule, but they call it the Seinfeld method or the Seinfeld strategy is because he wrote his jokes that way. Seinfeld is basically the only television show he stopped. So he wasn't canceled. Actually, he decided after years that he decided to stop his show. And he got really upset for people thinking that he got canceled. But Seinfeld is like one of the few comedy shows that was on air and never went off air until he decided that it was enough. And he would write every day. He would write jokes every day. And that's why it's called the, the Seinfeld method. Awesome. I think uh, we've covered a lot. So yeah. let's uh, wrap this up. And first of all, appreciate the interaction, the questions, the comments today. It, it really you know, showed us um, that you guys really are here and kind of uh, I, I like how uh, Marlon said it officially mm-hmm. a tribe now yeah. kind of building this uh, little tribe here so yeah appreciate you all showing up every Tuesday and you know having fun with us you want to secretly already tell them what it's going to be about next week um I do you want to keep it a surprise until uh, the weekend? Yeah, let's wait till the weekend. But it is something with social media and a very specific platform. Awesome. awesome. That I don't even okay. have an account on. <laughs> you should get one. I'm going to start posting again tomorrow. 
So um, thank you guys all for watching. Thanks again for the amazing, amazing engagement on the show. That's why we really love you guys. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Do you want to do a last block for the websites and the channels? Yeah, um, as you guys already know, the website is convos.com. Uh, this episode will be released for the audio platforms on Saturday. So check it out on, you can now check it out on Spotify, Spotify and Suriname, but also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever mainstream podcasting platform you guys use. So if you got friends who've missed this live session, forward it to them. But anyways, thanks. And that was Social Convos for the first, no, second day of March. Thank you for watching. See you next week. And thank you for listening. See you next time.